Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. It is Red Men Radio time. I am here, of course, with Chris Page. I say, of course, you know, we've both stepped out periodically from this podcast, but, you know, it's the dream team. The number one team, the first choice, number one and number two, decide for yourselves uh, who was who. Um, Kick-off question. <laughs> this week comes from Steve Haw, friend of the show. Um, Steve Haw, of course, and Is presenter. He? Yeah. Normally, we don't actually we do treat him like friends. We do. We treat him like a friend to his face, and then behind his back, mainly on this podcast, we just call him all kinds. But Steve does host the very, very excellent Reds Transfer Roundup show, which is now back. It's been the Reds news for a couple of months. Now it's back to being the Reds Transfer Roundup. That's going to be available on Wednesday night uh, on the RedmenTV.com. So if you want your fix of transfer stuff, um, do go over and listen to that. Uh, we will touch very briefly on some transfer stuff, though, Chris. <clears throat> but first, it's time for the kickoff question by the aforementioned Steve Hoare. Would you rather get two hundred eight one two hundred pound crazy Christmas Jesus Christ started well one two hundred pound Christmas prezi or ten twenty pound Christmas prezies from your better halves? First off, I don't have a better half. I have a half. She's not better. Um, is she worse? <laughs> no, she's, she's definitely not same. worse. She's the same. Is she? No, she's better. <laughs> <laughs> she's absolutely one hundred and ten percent better than me and everything. Um, one two hundred pound Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Cool. Always. Always. Forever. And you've never had that though. Uh huh. You have. I yeah, don't think. Think about. I've been building my pan collection for the last ah, four years. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. So it was always funny because the, the the your Christmas presents always used to make me laugh so much. Functional. Very fun. A very <laughs> functional Christmas. Yeah. Um, there was like Chris is the man who would who would, you'd go around and like because we always used to go out on like Christmas night. And it'd be like, what did you get? And you'd be like, some sponges and a chamois for me car and some de-ice. Now, I do remember the one particular Christmas when you got some loch de-ice and I pissed myself laughing. And you needed and then, that though, didn't you? And then Christmas night, we got boxes in my car, froze solid, couldn't get in it, needed Chris's loch de-ice, so there you go. Um, yeah, I generally speaking, I would go for the, 20, the, the 10, 20 pound prezies because I just like... I like, like stuff. Christmas. Yeah, I like stuff. I like Christmas prezies. I like the the act of opening stuff. Easy. Um, so, yeah, but this year I had a bit of a revelation because the thing is, when you get older, you... You, there's not really big stuff that you really want or need. You're like you have, you have a telly and you you tend to have a console. So it's not often that things come about. You know, you, when you grow up, you don't have to wait till Christmas to, to generally to get your console. You can just get it. Uh, whereas this Christmas, I, I, I've asked for, I've asked Father Christmas for for PlayStation VR. It was the first big present I've had in ages. I'm really excited about it. Uh, so good. Let us know yours if you're listening and you care. Uh, we have See, the reason more. I go for a £200 and, and I do go for like the, the big present is kind of what you just said there, Paul, is that if I want something that's a 10, I'll just buy it. Yeah. I, I don't think twice about it. Like, yeah. And that's, that's what it comes down to for me. So whereas I wouldn't go out and spend £200 on a pan in, no, in the yeah. normal circumstances, I'll ask for that. Christmas is generally... And that, but that, that, Moviel, that, by the way, guys, Moviel copper pans. Sure. If you're wondering why I'm spending that much, I have been building this for a few years now. It's amazing. Yeah. Like my birthday present, two amazing knives. Knives, Paul, Damascus, 67 folds. Some fo- cable ties. 60, <laughs> some yes, cable ties 60, and some plastic sheets. 67 folds of the, of the metal to make these knives. They're incredible. Like the Highlanders. They're very, sword. very sharp, and I have to be very conscious of where they are with the kids around. And yourself, and your fingers. Well, good. Got nice skills. Yeah. Ten. 
on the next ten knife skills. Um, yeah, see the. the, the uh, Conversely, again, the £20 thing is that it's an opportunity to get a load of little bits that you wouldn't necessarily be asked. I think to buy Christmas has often been for me of like, because uh, I used to do, and this is so, some people think this is dead sad, like, because I, 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 hate, I hate surprises. Like, I don't mind genuine surprises, like out of the blue, unsolicited like surprises. Hated that. Hated to hate surprise birthday parties. I don't, but I don't mind. It that was, was brilliant. You didn't know it was your party, I no even when you walked in. No, no, I was like, I, I had to try and rationalise. It was weird. That's another. It's, it's a long, what you, largely boring story. Hang on a minute. Why is that? Why is that person and them party? here? But I used to do like it was the equivalent of like a pre-Christmas trolley dash, where you'd have a, you could go and I'd go and pick a load of stuff that I wanted for Christmas. I always kind of liked, but you'd experiment with stuff. You'd buy albums and films that you wouldn't necessarily spend your own money on which meant generally I probably made my Christmas presents a bit crap but I just like like I like the opportunity to do that um so yeah one more actually kick off question before we get into the proper you know the football stuff which is what people tend to, to come to us for I guess um Paul James at Jersey Paul 90 um I meant to put this later on the agenda but it fits in in like nicely I mean, I've shoe on him badly. Favorite Spice Girls in order, first to last. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and name yours. Okay. It's Victoria Beckham yes, number it one. Is. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Bunton. No. Oh, okay. Jerry. No. Oh wow. Okay. So I, I, I've got. No, I just knew it was Victoria Beckham. It was. One. It was a hundred percent, and the rest I'll do have to think about. But it's scary next. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Cool. Then it's then it's probably Jerry, then it's probably Emma, then Sporty. Poor old Mel C. You're not far off, I think that's pretty much. I've had Scouse Girls before. (laughs) She's not from Liverpool, mate. She's from Wellington. Um, The uh, the yeah, okay, I go yeah, Victor. And bear in mind, in their prime. Yeah, like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the I don't know Gloria, now. I don't Jerry, know. I've no, no idea. I have no idea if they're still alive. Uh, Jerry, yeah, yeah, it's probably uh, baby, scary, sporty. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Really, really hitting zeitgeist on these cultural references here. Um, so, let's have some news and brief then before we kick into the some more of your questions and so the the big topic of this week, which is the talking about. Uh, I mean, the title of the podcast is a time for forgiving because I kind of wanted to show on some Christmassy vibes in, um, but it's about contract rebels and players that we need to. Uh, is it time to support certain players and also additionally players who've, who've won fans over, which should be interesting. But yeah, Don Ballon, Chris, our favourites. Um, are chatting some mega wham about um, Mo Salah and Phil Coutinho. Do you want to just fill people yeah, in? Yeah, so it was a story that I saw on the Daily Star this morning. It linked back to Don Ballon. And basically, what they're saying is that Real Madrid are going to sign Mo Salah, and that means that Barcelona can't sign Phil Coutinho because we were only sanctioning the sale of one of them. I absolutely, yeah, totally, totally went back to Don Ballon's site. Mm. Just a little bit of investigative oh, journalism. Oh, because you've got to, Paul. Yeah. Because if I'm going to clickbait someone with a YouTube video, I need to know the full story. <laughs> right? So, so now I went on there, translated it. Lovely translation from Spanish to English. It never works. It's no. hilarious. It's always funny. Keeps me amused. Go on there. I recommend just finding a Spanish website. Uh, .es, I'd guess, is what they are. Just type .es on the end instead of .com cool. and things. And just translate yeah. because they've got away with words and they seem to work really well in Spanish. Spanish and it doesn't work in English a lot. And one particular way with words in the, in regards to this is that it's not. It doesn't mention Liverpool. It doesn't mention Liverpool. <laughs> it, it ju- it's basically an opinion piece from Don Ballon. It's ridiculous. So yeah, so the, the, they're trying they're trying to sell it via the title of, <clears throat> as you say. Salah, Liverpool will sell Salah to Real Madrid, and that means that we won't have to sell Phil Coutinho. But uh, was Jan- were they saying January for this? Yeah, this is January. So th- let's th- let's let's <laughs> let's think about this. Just let's okay. just play this out a little bit. Real Madrid, you're Real Madrid in, mm-hmm. the, in this in this scenario, okay, cool. and you you come to me and ask about Mo Salah. Uh, hola, Senor Liverpool. Um, me gustaría. Um, I would like. Yeah, I would. I would like. That's um, a je voudrais in French. Je voudrais. Je voudrais. Je voudrais. Monsieur Salah. No, uh, okay. Yeah, me gustaría Mo Salah. Okay, that's fine. But just so you know, we're not going to sell Phil Coutinho Barcelona. Are you okay with that? See, 
Why would Liverpool tell Real Madrid that? Just to clarify, you know what that means. Yeah, exactly. It's it's it's. This is yeah, and I can guarantee that what that what will you will see from um, Marker or whatever down the line, there'll be the flip reverse of this, where it's. Coutinho will go to Barcelona, but it means Real can't have Mo Salah. Just to clarify on this case, because I know there's there's a lot of there's a, well, there's not a lot of people. I've, I've found out there's actually not a lot of people who have loads of fears about the ownership. It's actually a really small but heavily vocal there's minority. Six and a half of them. six people. Six and, and a half. Six people, but twelve accounts. Um, they're like the Russian bots. And one who graphic. Have, the pro one Russian, Russian bots. Um, <laughs> but there are there are people. I'm joking. There are people. Who are who have fears around Liverpool's ownership, because we have a reasonable track record of selling selling good players. Um, for no matter how your fears may lie, there is zero chance, zero. I'm going to go on record, 100, percent zero percent chance that Liverpool will sell Mohamed Salah in January for any money. Anybody, we are not going to sell the top goal scorer in the Premier League. For money. What if, what if we just do a swap deal? Well, for who? I don't know, but you said no money, so that opens the doors to other Would types of deals. Would you take a straight swap deal with Gareth Bale? Not a straight swap deal. You want money as well? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only, and even then? I would like Gareth Bale. I'd love Gareth Bale, Chris, but nah. Like, nah. Here's the thing. Injury prone. You know, you don't get we, we, your theory. You get ten years at the top of footy. Don't be surprised if Gareth Bale. You know, is is it, we've seen as good as Gareth Bale's ever going to be consistently. Anyway, still going to be a great player for years to come. Not a chance. What you know, whatever it is, I, you know, I'll put me put me put me. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And again, you know, I think in the, on the degree, the probability scale, or as a percentage, it's as close to zero percent chance of. Phil Coutinho leaving as makes no odds, but it's ever so slightly more likely than Mo Salah. And don't treat this as dumb and dumb style, you know, one in a million. So you're saying there's a chance. No, I'm not. I'm saying there's basically no chance. It's just that we're not going to sell someone we bought in the summer in in January. But it, 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 it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Talk Thanks, Don Ballon, you bellends. Uh, mm. Aston Villa want Marco Grealish, Chris. Um, is this something Terry was talking about last night? I don't know, uh, but there's there's it, uh, the, the echo the, the echo of phrasing this on the lines of it looks pretty likely that Grealish will get a loan move in January. I think it makes sense. I think the more you see, and we'll come on to talk about um, Oxley Chamberlain a bit in, in a bit actually, which I think feeds into this this question somewhat. I just don't see where Marco Grealish is getting no, his games, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? The only time I would consider keeping Gruwich around is if Emery Chan moves in January and I don't think that's likely either yeah, exactly. um, other than that you've mentioned Oxley Chamberlain he's going to be involved in those midfield spots Adam Lallana's now back and getting minutes he may have had more minutes than Gruwich this season yeah. I don't know how many times <laughs> Gruwich has come on but he's come on for a short period of time yeah, yeah. like Lallana's had 25 <laughs> minutes there last night yeah. it'd be quite interesting to find out how many Premier League minutes Gruwich has got so I just don't see the fact that he's going to get I see there's a player there but very similar for my first feelings about Emery Chan is that there's the, all the tools to be a top player with Marco Gruwich, but there's something just holding him back at the moment, and it's probably really good players in front of him. Actually. Yeah, yeah, more and than a little anything. bit of pressure when he comes on yeah. to actually maybe perform. I'm just here's the thing, because you know he was signed very early on into into Klopp and Buvak's uh, reign, wasn't he? You know, I think they've picked him up because they saw the potential and then you would do. You know, he's 18, 19, he's captain and he's captain and red star, is it or whatever and he's doing, you know, yeah. and he and he goes and leads them to the leads into the title. That's the kind of player that we should be speculating and we paid next to nothing for him as well. I just think he's I don't know where I just don't think he fits in any of our midfield positions. And the problem is he's not played enough footy for us to get a clearer indication of what type of footballer he is as well. He's just he doesn't look like a DM. He's you know what he is, Chris? He's Marrow and Fellaini Mark too. Yeah, I I'd I'd hundred percent agree with that. Because the only t- the only place I see for him in the squad really is when you're behind and you need a goal late on, you kind of throw him up there. And that's not really good enough for well, him, it's, and it's it, not good enough for us. It's hard graft, isn't it, bringing a, a kid like that in? Because there's definitely, I think there's, there's definitely a place in a squad for having someone who has that. Because look, there will come times when you'll just need that. You go back to that um, Barcelona Chelsea Champions League semi final. All Barcelona needed 
was a big lump who was dead good at being dominant in the air to throw in and they might have caused Chelsea some problems in the last few minutes of that game. So it's nice to have, but also you that needs to be like a 34-year-old guy yeah, you need for to me. De- you need to develop these young kids exactly. and they're not developing them if you're doing that with them, are you? Because it's not just about being able to head the ball down or control it. It's about having the game intelligence and the experience to know how to use yourself. You know, you could go and buy Peter Crouch and get a season out of him if you wanted to, if you really wanted that in your squad. Um, and he's a, and he's a he's a good footballer still as well as old Crouchy. But yeah, I feel sorry for, for Gruyich, but because I think he's got more to his game. I think he's got a bit of we talked about this in the past. He's got shades of Lampard, you know, in that being able to arrive late. He's got a great shot on him, but he's not really box to box. He's not really he's not a number ten. He's not a number six. Yeah. I just don't. I think for me, uh, you know, you might feel differently, but. I just don't know what he is because I've not seen him play. Yeah, enough. exactly. And I'd like to see him play at Villa and I'd like to see what type of a midfielder he is. Fair play. If he wants to go there and he wants to prove himself and he believes that that low move will, will help him in his career, then fine. Yeah. Uh, the last piece of news then, uh, Brooks Lennon, who's been on loan uh, from our uh, under-23s effectively to back to Real Salt Lake uh, in America. Looks like he's going to join them on a, on a free transfer now, permanent deal. There was some really high hopes for him. I think he's uh, apparently sure 31. Uh, in Well Salt Lake's academy team in a season, brought him over, never really clicked. Now we did a, he looked quite good for the under 23s. We did some stuff on him last year. Um, but yeah, it's one of them. I, I, not too much to say on this one. We've got some good, exciting talent in the attacking positions in that side. And if there's any issues about his work permit, then it was never really gonna, never yeah. really gonna work out for him. Um, okay. Just want to give a little plug before we move on. We've just finished Exclusives Week. Well, Exclusives Week and a day uh, on the RedmenTV.com. So if you enjoy what we're doing here, we had a week chock full of exclusive interviews. Now, we actually got asked because the first few days we didn't have the audio versions out. They're now out. So it was interviews with the likes of Joel Matip, Joe Gomez, Jordan Henderson, comedian Lee Evans, because why not? Daniel Sturridge. Um, Paul Daglish. Paul Daglish. Kenny Daglish, Peter Moore, um, all out on the RedmenTV.com now. So if you're listening to the podcast and you want more great stuff, as well as all the amazing podcasts that we do every single week, then go over uh, and sign up. It's, a, it's free for the first month for you to check all that stuff out, and then it's just £5 a month after that. And you get, oh, I think we worked it out, it's, it's, it's basically three exclusive video shows a week. It's up to five exclusive podcasts a week as well which all starts to add up and give you great value for money, we feel, anyway. So, yeah, go and check it out. Topic, then, Chris, this week uh, comes from a question posed by Scott Ogilvy. I've I've defo said that right. Uh, Are contract rebels, transfer requesters, and those who openly want to leave the club still worthy of our support? Uh, I can only imagine that this centres largely around Phil Coutinho. Should we start there? Yeah, I think it's a tough one because when you're going through it, I always think no, mm-hmm. and I think I, you know, I think I went on record a lot during the summer and said I'd never, I would don't think I'd cheer Phil Coutinho again and all that type of stuff. Like I have since, yeah, um, I completely have because it comes down to the performances on the pitch. Now, if Phil Coutinho wasn't performing well and it looked like he down tools, mm-hmm. then you know that might have changed my mind and I wouldn't be doing it. But he's not; he's performing better than perhaps he ever has performed for us. <laughs> yeah. And therefore, when he's putting on that red shirt, he deserves your support. It's not just deserves. You should be giving your support to anybody who pulls on a red shirt or a green shirt if they're the goalkeeper. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Or black if it's the away goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, for me, I think... It, it was cut and dry. It's not so cut and dry anymore. But if they pull on the shirts, maybe it should be cut and dry. Yeah, it's 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 true because I, the problem is with with I think the way we we discuss football and we feel about football is we love an absolute in footy, don't we? Yeah, we love we love to be binary, good, bad. Um, amazing shite yeah exactly and particularly with this kind of stuff now there's it's it's crept into the the way we 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 discuss football over the years and it's uh, if he doesn't want to play for Liverpool, he doesn't want to die for the shit, then fuck him, you know, to paraphrase. And I think the problem the problem with the Coutinho situation in particular, this is kind of new territory for us. Not exclusively, because there are some examples, and we, we, might, we might bring them up in the next few minutes, but let's use Mike Michael Owen as an example of this, Chris. He didn't want to play for Liverpool anymore, and he left. And now we hate Michael Owen. Sound. Fernando Torres didn't want to, didn't want, you know, didn't want to play for Liverpool. Gets his move, you know. Okay, we've started to win. He started to win us back over again. But by and large, there's Fernando Torres written off. 
Phil Coutinho did all that stuff, and under any normal set of circumstances, he would be at Barcelona this season. Liverpool would have just normally sold him because that's what we do. Except we didn't. We held firm and we kept him. And it's a very unusual set of circumstances to be in to have a player that you've like the, the, the press has pushed him pushed us against him. We've totally set our opinion on him. What a bell end. Look, you know, refusing to play, the back injury, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of hard for us to rationalise because we were totally geared up to we were totally geared up to losing. Yeah, we were. And you know, the only one that comes close, and it's not the same in any way, is the Suarez stuff from a few years ago. You know, he gave us one extra season, didn't he? Yeah. But it wasn't he didn't force through anything. There was no bad backs. There was none of that type of stuff. Um and again, he kind of did the same. He just went on and was amazing and world class. So the Phil Coutinho stuff, it's difficult. I can totally understand why if you're that type of person, you won't want to back him anymore. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. But um, right now, when he's performing on the pitch and the team's performing on the pitch, enjoy him while he can because you you don't get it. Like, I've been a Liverpool fan now for a long time. You don't get to enjoy these players that often. Yeah. Or we haven't over the, over the thing. So that's why I talk about Robbie Fowler so fucking much. Yeah. You know, it was... 15 years ago, longer, 18 years ago, when he was really in his prime for Liverpool, wasn't yeah. it? Like, did we sell him in 2001? Yet we still talk about him because they're the type of players. And in 10 years' time, we'll still be talking about some of the goals for Coutinho maybe scored, yeah. hopefully, on the way to trophies. Exactly. And and that's, that, I think that's what it boils down to. Is I know, you know, I think people... Here's the thing about footy, because obviously it, 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 look, it's a tribal thing by nature. And people have... You, you develop certain attitudes. And I don't, I don't know... Whether I just have a bit, you know, I have a generally lazy, fair attitude towards towards life. I'm not, I'm not big on grudges and all that, and particularly in footy because I've said this numerous times. I greatly prefer Liverpool winning football matches to my love or hatred for any particular football player or anything. You know, that's the most important thing. Liverpool being good is primary to everything we do so it's great having models mm. and it's great having a standpoint there's a massive difference I think between taking a st- it's like cutting off your nose to spite your face and ultimately as well if it's a situation there's, there's situations in life where it's great to have a you, know, you can take a moral stand on something because someone's being an absolute knobhead you know boycott products boycott people boycott you know events whatever because it, it, it it's a point worth making. The problem with footy is, as I say, it's a results-driven business, and ultimately we turn up to footy for the for the highs of footy more than the the lows. And if you've got a guy on the pitch capable of delivering those to you, then it's it's like the Mario Balotelli not celebrating goals thing. What are you doing that for? Hmm. Who is it for? If you're not if you're not celebrating a Phil Coutinho goal, who is that for? Who is that response for? It's for yourself and maybe, I don't know, I don't want to say get over yourself, but... You know, I said a few weeks ago I, I had that sort of epiphany, didn't I, where I realised that everybody's just passing through Liverpool and the fans yeah. are the only people that are going to be here forever. Cops passing through, yeah. FSG are passing through, Moore's family passed through. At the end of the day, it might have taken a long time, but they, they were, and there's people, your dad was a fan, yeah. when the Moors, and they've gone. You know what I mean? So I think once you realise that, it becomes a lot easier to just enjoy the team. Yeah, it's tough because I think, you know, as as Liverpool, you know, we did that thing about the Tibetan water thing a few, a few months back, which is really interesting, which is in the archive. But the about the morals of Liverpool Football Club, and, you know, it, it's a club with a, a socialist heart and it's a club that likes to champion causes. So it is a little bit... It's, it is a touch. Of, modern football is just at odds with what we perceive Liverpool to be, and I think that's where uh, some of this some of this comes from. Of course, is because we're a, we we are a passionate, faithful bunch, but when Liverpool starts to do stuff that's against that, it does quite. You, it, it's it's tough to strike the balance between. Well, look, we 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 support our club no matter what through thick and thin, but also being hang on, we don't really agree with the direction which in which things are going. So I get I get I get the um, the moral quandary it kind of poses with that, but I, I guess what what it kind of leads on to as well. It'd be interesting to see again. Let's. There's plenty of examples of players who've won us over as well. If I think about like Mascherano was a bell end, wasn't he? The mm. way he left, and yet weirdly by the end of that season when they won the Champions League and he dedicated it to Liverpool fans at the end, weirdly totally Legend. totally forgiven. Yeah, Legends, absolutely. Um, so it leads me on to this as well, Chris, because people are asking me about it. A bit people have been talking a lot about Oxlade Chamberlain, and we did this on the on the phone. In so Adrian, who was on the on the on the phone, he's a, uh, uh, I asked him what his thoughts were. On Oxford Chamberlain when we initially signed him, um, you were a fan 
Mm-hmm. I kind of Steve wasn't, and and he's sort of been eating his words uh, lately, which is which is hilarious. So let's use him as the starting point of players similar to this who've won fans over, who started off uh, almost the exact flip reverse to Phil Coutinho, who started off on the wrong foot, just disliked by the fans, who've won people, who've won people over, and I think it looks like his performances in the last couple of weeks, Oxley Chamberlain is doing that, um, which is just boss. It's it's brilliant, but it also highlights to me how stupid we can all be, and that's what it's about, isn't it? Like, I mean, four games in, and everyone's writing him off, yeah. and you're thinking, it's four games. He played like. that Leicester game in the League Cup, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, he's terrible! What, what really have we like, What have we done?" Judge, you can't judge a player on four games. You just can't. You can make a snap judgment you on can, that player. Yeah, you can. I think you can't categorically say whether he's going to be a good or bad player for your football club. You can get you, a good you, inkling of you're guessing. Class. Paul, yeah. You're fucking guessing yeah. is what you're doing, yeah. and everybody guesses with football opinions. That's what you do. You know. millions of times over the years I've been completely wrong on a footballer. Millions. Millions of times I've been completely (laughs) wrong on a footballer by making snap fucking judgments or my my, um, opinion has been tainted by something that's not actually football, which is the weirdest footy manager being the biggest one during when I was from, from probably when I was 16 or 15, earlier maybe, until 25. Loads of my opinions came from how they performed for me. Yeah. On footy manager. Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I loved Fernando Torres before he arrived. Yeah. More so because he'd been amazing for me and footy manager. Our, our classic Valencia uh, Atletico, Atletico Network game. And, you know, <laughs> these are the type of things that they do influence. And this is life in general. There's so many things eating at you and, 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 and bombarding you and helping you form your opinions. Sometimes you just got to watch the footy and decide over a period of time. Yep. We don't have that period of the time. How many times we've mentioned on this podcast the social media cycle, the news cycle, and how it affects us and all that type of stuff. It fucks us up. It fucks us all up. Yeah, we should have known better, really, with, with Oxley Chamberlain, I think, in that I get, like, the... Because I think the chief criticism, he doesn't score enough goals and he's really injury-prone. And, look, we, we, he still hasn't necessarily disproven either of those. I mean, the injury thing so far, he's been OK, but we'll know over a spell of a spell of years whether that's a thing or not. But it, a lot of the, I think the Oxley Chamberlain stuff stems from... I think Arsenal fans are just everywhere, aren't they? Yeah. They, they creep into your news feed out of, out of nowhere. They're like... Like they infest, they infest your life to Arsenal fans in that regard because you can't escape them and they're very noisy and they're very loud and they're very opinionated. And they also, like all football fans are, you're very blinkered to what's in front of you and you inevitably buy into the narrative of what your manager's selling you, by and large. So, you know, if a guy's not getting in your team, it's because he's not good enough. And if he's not performing in that, you tend to think someone's shit rather than they're not 
they're just not necessarily a, a perfect fit. Let's use, don't be shocked when Daniel Sturridge goes on and has an amazing two or three seasons, you know, or so, you know, plenty of plenty of other players we've seen examples there's of this. One, there's one at the moment that's kind of been bubbling away is that Henrik Mkhitaryan stuff. Amazing last year when he actually got into form. Mm-hmm. Bombed out of the Man United side this year. There'll be there'll be people thinking he's shit because he can't get into the Man United side. Yeah. He'll go and he'll he'll absolutely boss it somewhere well, else. Look at it in, in, in management terms as well. Look at look David Moyes. Now he, he's been a, an absolute idiot and come out and said I, I, I can manage it. I'm good enough to manage anywhere, which is not true. But he, you know, people thought when you, you, he was he could, aware. I think that's fair to be honest. I think he could, like he could go and manage in Madrid. But there's more than two teams in Madrid. Yeah. He could go and manage a school, yeah. a school side <laughs> in Madrid. You know, he can manage anywhere he wants. I'm not sure. I, I he just couldn't do it at the top. I clubs. don't know whether he said successfully. Yeah, to be fair, just to qualify that. But the no, but the point is, is that you know, you, we we write people off. And we think people are terrible because you write they get we we build them up and they're, they're crucified. Uh, and so we 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 carry a predisposed kind of way of thinking about these people and again look David Moyes is winning football matches and, and, and taking points off big teams all of a sudden and he's like oh well you know he's got the he's not a terrible manager well shock horror you know he, he was he was a good manager before Man United he's had a bit of a bad time of it since but he's good managers people who know how to do the jobs don't become terrible at their jobs overnight Um Apart from footballers, when they get too old and physically can't, yeah, but that's true. that's beside the point. But yeah, we, you know, I'm good to see Oxley Chamberlain. I think it's an easy win this Chris because I think people want to like him. I think he's got all the right tools and he plays in the right area of the pitch to be liked. He's he he runs around. He's committed. He's fast. He's skillful. Um, it he's got a much easier task of winning people over than a Lucas Leiva ever had or a Jordan Henderson had, for example, because he's just a bit more Well, you're at the right end of the pitch yeah. to, to win people over, aren't you? And his freckles are lovely. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I, I think it's a testament to him, and, and, I, and it, it, I, I'm not shocked that he's doing this. There, there are people who are genuinely surprised, and it, it makes me laugh because, again, I look at... Let's look at like a Lucas Lever, for, for example, who had... He came in as a 20-year-old kid... Travelled, you know, thousands of miles, moved from a completely different continent Left to a his family. Yeah, exactly, to a completely different culture, um, and to a com- you know completely different pace, different style of football. The position he played in wasn't really one that was in the team. He didn't quite fit with what we do. And he had to adapt. He had to learn. He had to you know pick up all these things as he went along, and slowly it took him like five years to finally win the the, the fans over. You look at Oxley Chamberlain. He's an England international. He's a senior player. He's been playing in the Premier League since he was 230 miles. Yeah, to to a team that's got a bunch of people that he knows already from in, international duty. To a bunch of people who already speak the same language as him. Um, to a team that and he he's knows. got those freckles. Yeah, to a manager who who, who likes him and understands him and, and had a pre I, I, I suppose idea of where again he was going to fit into the team. Um, I don't understand why people were so shocked about it, but, you know, absolutely fair fair play to him. Um, it's sneaky how good Klopp's been in the transfer market as well. You know, you've mentioned so many times over the last couple of years the Tompkins times 50% thing. Tompkins Law. Tompkins Law, is that what it's called? Well, mm-hmm. um, he's punching above that at the moment, Klopp, isn't he? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean Can you th- look at the signings from, look at the signings from the last two summers? Um, and we could probably get a comprehensive list though, but let's let's talk through it and talk. Mane, Sadio Mane, success, absolutely banging success. Um, Clavin, Clavin, I think success. Yeah, success. As a backup fucking centre back, he's been a success for five million quid or whatever we. Carius, Carius, marks maybe. I think yeah, I think the, the jury's still out, but equally, I don't think he's he's definitely not been a failure. I don't think, you know, he's, he's good enough to play in goal for Liverpool, isn't he, at the moment. I think, you know, we could defo upgrade mm-hmm. that position. I think everyone would agree on that, but he's fine, isn't he? Um, Robertson. Robertson, so far so good. Yeah. Um, Mo Salah. Mo Salah, I think he's been all right. I think he's been okay. Been Seems a little to be bit decent. It's going to take a while okay. to settle in 100%, but yeah. I think he's been Ox, largely okay. Successful so far. Successful so far, yeah. Matip. Matip. Matip's been a success. Good. Wijnaldum's been a success. I mean, that's pretty good. The only one... It, it, and, 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 Kruic. Kruic and uh, Manninger, you know, and, and uh, I guess you could probably throw Corker in if you were looking to, to, to balance it out. Uh, fine. You know, I can take those not being... When you consider they cost us the sum total of whatever 
whatever grew it cost us mm-hmm. um, five or six million pounds worth of, of failures. Now there might Solanke be as well. Solanke, decent, yeah, decent so far. Again, again, we'll, we'll see in the fullness of time. It's it's, it's good now when he's performing, um, but I am confident that we'll get we'll get more. Of it. And then again, you look at the players that that he actually started to turn and, and improve as well. You know. Look at Moreno. a great example. I think Roberto Firmino was a great line. In fact, speaking of Paul Tompkins in his most recent um, article, and he basically says Roberto Firmino is now on course to score twenty goals mm. this season. Um, this is a player who, who was. Who, <laughs> I don't want to paraphrase, but I'll, I'll have to because I can't be asked to get it up. Um, he would, the people who said he would never be a twenty goal a season striker care to see something copyright knobheads everywhere or something. Um, you know, he's in he's in the danger of becoming a complete centre forward. And he was what under under Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers clearly didn't like him, didn't rate him, was playing him like right wing, getting nothing out of him. Adam Lallana's gone up a level since he's been there look at the young lads who are starting to perform now again you get you know there's always a case that these lads would always going to be that but for me that was a really interesting one because I think if he gets two more goals this season he'll become the top scorer uh, since that 13-14 season do you know what I mean? So Mo Salah's obviously scored more than him but I think the highest after that oh, was 14 season, goals cumulative no 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 so in a season I think after Suarez left, the most we've scored oh, from one 14, f- 14 yeah. was the most from like one striker or one midfielder or something. Um, he's one goal away from doing that already, and it's December. Yeah. So he'll level that record, he'll beat that record, and then we'll still have Salah, probably Coutinho, and potentially Mane to beat that record as well. Like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's fascinating, and again, that's the, the, the strength, and that's why, look, again, it's December. But it works both ways. Mm. The stuff that's really good so far is really, really, really good so far. But we still got half of the season left to play. But again, you know, we've got a manager there who has got a proven track record of working with people and getting Results. better out of them. Um, and as you say, in terms of the transfer market, it's great. And so it's great to see. I think massive credit to Oxley Chamberlain for how he's performed. And again, I still think there's loads more to come from him. And equally, on the flip of it, it's something we were talking about in the office. Going back to Scott's original question, the Phil Coutinho stuff, credit to him for knuckling down, and it was it was mentioned by Oxley Chamberlain in that post match interview that was so good as well. You look at look at Alexis Sanchez and look at these. We've seen plenty of examples of players who just spit the dummy out, yeah. and he's absolutely just turned on the style and, and decided because here's the thing. Whether it, whether it, he's doing it for Liverpool or whether he's doing it for Barcelona, you know, is he doing is he performing like this for Barcelona's benefit? Even if he is, he's still doing it for Liverpool's benefit. Yeah, he absolutely is, and you know, the the, the one part from that Oxley Chamberlain interview that really, really hit home and made me think about something that I'd not thought about before was the fact that Phil Coutinho could have just been turning up on game day, mm-hmm. you know, and and he's good enough that he could just do that and yeah. turn up and run a game of football. But Ox mentioned that he's there in training doing it. And that's not a guy that Barcelona don't see that, Paul. Yeah. Barcelona do not see that. Barcelona see the games, you know what I mean? And what he's doing and the goals and assists. This is a guy who's turning up five days a week. Yeah. And that's even more important than turning up on game day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Completely agree with that. Um so we're gonna move on then to questions, further questions from both our Twitter, which is at the Redmen TV, and the Facebook page as well, which is facebook.com forward slash the Redmen TV. Easy enough to find, get involved. Um, Todd Bell asks this one, and this is from, a, you know, to ask you this, Chris, as a man who does the start 11 predictions week in, week out, you'll have a, a concept of how difficult this is. He asks, What is our strongest team? Carrius uh, and Gold. Right back Joe Gomez, centre backs Matip, Lovren, left back Moreno, Henderson six, Coutinho and Lallana as the two eights, Salah right wing, Mane left wing for me no top. Cool, very close to mine. I've gone Carius in goal, Klein right back, Matip Gomez centre halves, Moreno left back, midfield three of Henderson, Genie, Lallana, Salah, Firmino, Coutinho as the front three. And that's based on, uh, it was a tough one. We'll have to see how Lalana performs. We'll have to see what Klein comes back. And if Mane comes back into a vein of form that he had last season, then that becomes an almost impossible decision to make. Um but yeah, Coutinho's got on the on the on the left hand side for me, follow on from the conversations we had this week that he's been 
unbelievable from that position so far. Yeah, he has been. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, there's a definitely an argument. You've put Klein in at right-back there. Definitely an argument for Klein still being the best right-back at the club. I think Gomez actually might be the best right-back at the club. He's, for me, on half a season, has performed better than Klein did last season. Yeah. In individual games and the way that he's gone about his business, I think he's been... Great going forwards, great defensively. I'd love to see him in the centre, but because I haven't seen him in the centre, I won't put him in the centre. Yeah. Um, equally, I've not seen Lallana and Phil Coutinho as the two centre mids together, but I've seen them individually do it, and I know that they're good. I think that I think you're right. I think on this season's form, Coutinho has been the best left winger out of him and Mane, but I just think if you were picking a strongest team, you'd have Coutinho and Mane in, and you find a way for that to work. I'm fascinated to see that, and I've been talking about this for a number of weeks now, and you know, we're getting closer to the time where it's a, a realistic possibility that we could unleash our variation on what Man City do, where you know we've got one guy anchoring the midfield, doing the Fernandinho job, whether that's you know Henderson or Chan or whatever, and then you've got, as you say, Lallana and Coutinho behind our front three of Mane, Firmino, Salah, Incredible, yeah. That will, yeah. I, 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 that I can't even begin to imagine what that's gonna play out like or look like. That could be next level. There'll be a lot of tenting going on in Anfield, <laughs> yeah. There's people who bring the like the seat cushions with them, won't be sitting on them for that little spell. Um, but yeah, it poses some really interesting questions because. Again, you've got you went for Lovren at, at centre half, which is absolutely which is absolutely fair play. We're in a position now where you know we we were a bit harsh, I think, on, on Robertson with the gift of hindsight a, a week ago. He had another good game at the at the weekend. Very good game, seven clearances in that game more than any of the other back back four. You know, we could be in a face with a situation where by the time Moreno's back fit. He's not good. He's not able to get back into that side. Sweet. You know. Yeah, I know. Absolutely, textbook perfect world scenario. We've not. Neither of us has put Emre Chan into the midfield, and there's still a case to be made that he's our best defensive midfielder yeah. as well. Um, you've not got Genie Wijnaldum in there. No, nope. he's probably our best box to box midfielder. <laughs> I know. Um, and again, we're still not. You know, no, no mention of Daniel Sturridge at all, which is kind of fair play. But again. Not to be underestimated, what an absolute top quality player he is. James Milner's but had a, having a pretty good season so far it's as well. And, and again, having just extolled his virtues, no, neither of us has got Oxley Chamberlain in yeah. there either. Madness, isn't it? Because there's, there's equally just as much a point that you could put Henderson anchored in the midfield and you have a midfield of Lalana and Oxley Chamberlain. Midfield as well. Yeah, you're getting all energy, <laughs> defensive coverage. <laughs> And then you still got Coutinho on the wing. Yeah, you, you just lose a little bit of creativity if you for for, for my side anyway, because obviously I'd fill in the middle. You lose a little bit of creativity with putting Oxley Chamberlain in there, but you get a little bit more defensive stability. I wonder whether let's say Mane gets to last season's form, he probably goes in left wing, fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um is your Manchester your team to face Manchester City could conceivably be just Lalana and Oxley Chamberlain as the two eights, but your team to face Burnley could be Coutinho and Lalana. Yeah. I mean it's I, insane. Like. I can't wait. It's what I really want to see happen when we play play City is we've seen Spurs shit it by trying to be a bit too canny and a bit too defensive. I think if you go if you go defensive against Man City, you're gonna you get blown away. Exactly. Yeah. you get, there's a chance if you look you can get smashed by Man City no matter what you do I would genuinely love to see us go in like a match them go man for man exact, play exactly the same formations they do with our players and just go let's see who's best and just both teams windmill into each other and see who comes out on top now here's the thing it's probably Man City just because I do think like, look, Silva De Bruyne are just the not that they're the better, but they're just a little bit mature and a little bit more, a little bit more experienced in doing doing what they do. But equally, I think in our wing positions, I think in Mane and Salah, you've got the more, you've got a greater experience than Sane and Sterling. They're still not necessarily Aguero, still not necessarily a perfect fit for what they do. Hey, Jesus is, but he's not necessarily being playing at the peak of his form, whereas Roberto Firmino is. Ooh, yeah, it's a. Uh... If you if you went with went against them ten times, I'd guess they'd come out seven yeah. on top and three we'd probably win or something like that. Like so, I think yeah, I think you're right. On the whole, I think they'd probably beat us in seven out of ten. But you know, in a one-off game of football, 
I'd love to see that. I'd really love to see that. But it, as always happens with these things, you go two toes toe to toe, two attacking teams go full throttle at each nil other. Nil. It's fucking nil nil. It's boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah, so that's we, what happens. We get our second one nil win of the season. Um, Festive nice. Ginger at Joe McElroy fourteen. Would you consider third slash fourth in the FA Cup a good season? I would say yes, but Arsenal got stick for being happy with it. So I want your guys' opinion. Yeah, I, I would, Joe. Um, I think that the reasons are slightly different to Arsenal. I think Arsenal gets stick for it and got stick for it because I'm from their fans particularly and I've spoken to the lads from Arsenal Fan TV on this um, a few times over the last couple of years. They didn't see any growth in that side and they didn't see that team kicking on. Whereas I think for Liverpool, we're still very much in there. We're still on our, our growth curve, as it were, and getting a cup and and being able to get into the Champions League spaces is an improvement on last season. And that's what Arsenal never had. They never had. They just stagnated at fourth place in an yeah. FA Cup. You need to kick on after that. You, you can put the benchmark in and then next season you might get second in a cup or a really long European run. And the season after that, you've got to hit first. They had 20 years of finishing in fourth, give or take, you yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. And, and that's the difference for them and for us, why yeah. I'd consider it a success. 100% on that. Is that I, I remember saying this to, to Robbie three, I think it was when they won the first of those spell of FA Cups and they were in the final and I was like, I, I know you're excited about it, but it doesn't mean what you think it's going to mean. It's a, it's it's papering over the cracks. For Arsenal, it is. It was that it was wallpapers keeping you, keeping you all up basically, and um and he's done that and he's gone back to the well a few times to try and you know to repeat that and I think it's have it's a lot of diminishing returns for Arsenal because yeah you know to then do it and then fall out to the top four as well is not not great for them. You're right, for us, it would represent a step in the right direction because I've said this all over. For me, a successful season for Liverpool is, you know, we've got out the group, tick, there's there's one thing done. And to finish fourth, that sounds really underwhelming because obviously, you know, there's no silver silverware in that. But we always talk about, for me, a success is about main, matching what we did last season, yeah. improving and giving yourself a great basis and to move forward. And you've improved, haven't you, with what yeah. you're saying? Because you've had the Champions League campaign to deal with. Exactly, exactly that. If you then add uh, an FA Cup win to that, I've not even thought or considered about that. That would be amazing. That would be, and I, I, I'm not even a, a big fan of the FA Cup as such. I like it. I mean, what I mean, what I mean is, I don't think it's a defining competition anymore. It's not. It's not defining in the same way as as a Champions League or a, or a Premier League mm-hmm. is. It, it's better than a League Cup, but it's still, it's more along those lines than anything else. But again, it, the problem would be, the only problem with that, the only way you wouldn't be happy with it is, as you say, with Arsenal, if we spend five seasons now and all we do is finish fourth, then that's not good enough. We want it, we want, we'd want to kick on, kick on from that. So yeah, be happy if Liverpool get the FA Cup and finish third or fourth. Third, the FA Cup. And if we got, if, and, and get, yeah, semi. well, yeah, just even just get final. To, sorry. Yeah. Final. No, we're just getting win, to where we are win, in the Champions win, League. Win. Is it, that's, I think that's a fantastic achievement for this season and a great building block for the future. Um, Matt, who's the Matt D, other than Matt D, we've had this chat. Uh, would you rather give Salah Coutinho's dribbling or give Coutinho Salah's pace? This is dead easy for me. I'd give Coutinho Salah's pace. Yes. Coutinho would be, uh, I was going to say he'd be the best player in the world. He'd be as close to, I think he'd be messy levels of good if he had another another yard of pace. Yeah, and if he had Salah's pace, he'd have about 10 yards of pace. <laughs> Extra. Um, for me, He's just got more to his game than Mo Salah. Now, Mo Salah's, you know, everybody knows I fucking love him. Everybody loves Mo Salah. Why would you not? You'd be an idiot to not love Mo Salah right now if you're a Liverpool fan. But Coutinho's just got a little bit more to his game mm-hmm. than Mo Salah. So you could give Salah Coutinho's dribbling, but you don't have his vision. Yep. And Coutinho's got the vision. I think his vision's better than that. And he would be Zidane level. He yeah, would, exactly. you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, I think there's not many players in the world getting near Phil Coutinho. I think you're right, Paul. Um, if Coutinho had Salah's pace, I uh, yeah. Again, you could drop him into the. I think if you dropped him into La Liga like that, I think the thing you might need is I would like it to be Salah's physicality. Yeah, you know, because it's funny because there was that talk, wasn't there? That Klopp thought he was too skinny. Salah, that was one of the reasons he didn't want to sign him, and he was fought, the, the committee kind of pushed him over the line on that one. But you look at his upper body strength. If Coutinho had a bit more bulk to him, but he had Salah's pace, again, you'd be you'd be talking about it. He'd be like he'd be Cristiano Ronaldo mm. effectively. Um, so yeah, good good question though, Matt. Thank you very much for that. Um, last question of the week. 
comes from uh, Adrian Betts, who is <laughs> the better Adrian. Um, before we answer the question, I just quickly want to ask people who are listening, uh, if you can go and give ratings to the podcast, if you're listening on iTunes or any of the places that you can get um, iPods, you know, you've got your your, your podcast app uh, if you can rate us if it's a five star rating give us a five star rating if it's a ten star rating or an out of ten rating give us a ten um, and leave reviews as well always very very much appreciated and, and as ever if you like Liverpool related podcasts and Liverpool related video the redmentv.com uh, is the home of what we do it supports everything that we do if you want to become a Redmen TV supporter you can go to the redmentv.com and sign up thank you very much so Chris if the score was 1-1 in the 93rd minute and you wanted one current or ex Liverpool player to be put clean through on goal who would you choose agents going for Robbie Fowler I need some context here okay. is it an important game He doesn't say. Okay. If it's not an important game, Ronnie Rosenthal, just so he's remembered for something different than that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's remembered as being a marauding winger. Yeah, he's not, is he? Okay, so I'll change the course of history for Ronnie and his family. Yeah. Um, so I've done my good deed there for the day. If it's a dead important goal, I can't disagree with the Robbie Fowler stuff, but I'm just going to be a little bit different. And I, I then went to Ian Rush, and I thought, oh, Ian Rush. But then I thought, I'd walk a million miles for one of your goals, and therefore, it's Kenny Dalglish. Okay, interesting. Because just to see one more Kenny Dalglish One goal. more Kenny Dalglish goal. See, I, I, I thought about it more in a, in a, in a physical perspective. If, if it's now a modern game, like Rush is probably the, still the right child because he had pace. Kenny's not fast enough to do it. I wouldn't trust Robbie Fowler. Controversial shout, Michael Owen. Interesting. Yeah, you've you've added parts of that goal that I'd not considered. So yeah, you, you put clean through on goal. You're you're you've added he's running away from defenders to that. I like that. Yeah. I like the way you thought that through. That's Fernando, really interesting. Fernando Torres. I literally thought it was a tapping. Yeah, that's how I that, and that's what led me to Ronnie Rose and Tarly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all uh, good answers. Yeah, absolutely. Great answers. Um, the best answers that could possibly be. If you've got Who's other answers. Ronnie Rose and Tyler? No Hands up if you've said if you thought to yourself when Paul asked the question, Ronnie Rose. If you're and in Tyler. your car right now, please pull over to the side of the road. And, and then put your hand and up. And then put your hand up um if needs be. Uh, I don't see that I don't foresee that being a situation, but who knows? The world's full of all kinds of people and opinions. Um just less likely. People who share that sort of opinion, um, yeah, but great. Paul, I've just changed the course of history yeah, for him. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but butterfly effect. I just don't know what the knockout effect of that is. Do you remember that Ronnie Rosenthal? He scored the he scored the winner in the game that didn't what matter a, against. Who was it called? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, he scored that winner. He scored that that dead easy tapping against Aston Villa that time. But yeah, in absolutely. the middle of the season, no one no one cared though. <laughs> Good on yeah. If Ronnie Rosenthal, if you're listening or he's on Twitter, let him know that Chris backs him. This is all over him. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week. Much appreciated. If you want the video version, go to the redmantv.com and sign up as a free for the first month. So you can come and have a little sense, a little feel. If you're off around Christmas and you want to fill your time, then fill it excellently with the phenomenal content, including those amazing exclusive interviews that we've got as well. And I say it's just £5 a month after that. Maybe ask a late Christmas present as well. Just get a get a year subscription. Uh or, you know, I say just play, just go month by month. It is good. I highly recommend it. I don't even have to say that, even though I do. Um, thanks very much for joining me, Chris. Thank you, Paul. Oh, I hope you feel better. Thanks, uh, And walk on.